Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into quantity versus quality on today's episode. What's this? What's this? It's super califragilistic, expialidocious. What is this? A whole new world. What is this? I suppose the first thing I should do is define what I mean by quantity and quality. I'm sure you've heard me talk a lot about MoviePass and going to the movies as often as I do, seeing pretty much everything that comes out, as well as discussing how many movies I've seen. Uh, You know, I'm at over 700 on this year alone, and uh, to date I have seen uh, almost 4,900 films, so I'm I'm nearing the 5,000 mark, and... Uh, five, including this year, five of the last uh, six years, calendar years, I have watched, on average, more than one movie a day. And if you take the amount of films I've seen in the last six years, roughly, uh, that equates to about 80% of all the films I've watched in my life. So when I say quantity, I mean... I'm talking about watching a movie every day. I'm talking about watching like three movies every day. Uh, You know, not just binge watching Stranger Things. I mean, binge watching Kevin Costner's filmography, binge watching uh, Alfred Hitchcock, binge watching, you know, James Franco, binge watching Judd Apatow, binge watching Adam Sandler. You know, those are the things that I talk about. You know, for example, uh, simply looking at, uh, let me see how fast I can get this up here. But simply just looking at today alone, I have seen five films currently, as of right now, uh, including uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Earthquake from 1995, Crimson Tide. Earthquake was older than that. Uh, Crimson Tide from 1995, Earthquake from 1973, uh, they Might Be Giants from 1971, and a short document- animated documentary film from this year called A Hundred Years that's related to Planned Parenthood. So I got five films today. I got four films yesterday. Uh, I had 12, I watched 12 films uh, on, on Tuesday. So I clearly embody exactly what I mean when I'm saying quantity. I think that the quantity of films that I'm watching is uh, in a tier all in its own. You know, there's definitely a lot of people you can find on Letterboxd who are watching as many films uh, a day, a week, a year as I am. And there are people who watch more movies than I do, on at, at, have, have watched more movies than I have at this point in the year. And... In me, that's just I'm just jealous and envious, and it makes me want to watch more movies faster. Uh, so, so when I say you know quantity, what I'm what I'm talking about is how many movies you're watching at how how quickly a pace um, and how fast is your turnover. On the other hand, uh, when I'm talking about quality, uh, it kind of depends on on what service you prefer but this could be anything from the imdb top 250 uh, to certified fresh rotten tomato scores to uh, 4.0 scores or higher on letterboxd to high scores on metacritic to you know 9.0s and above on ign to uh, you know whatever standard of quality you you yourself Use. This could be only Oscar-nominated or Oscar-winning films. So, in a sense, what you end up with is a list. You know, not just not 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 that you're necessarily watching all these movies in a quick succession, but that you're specifically making sure that the movies you're watching are of a certain caliber, of a certain standard. And uh, there have been times in my life where I have as- uh, ascribed to that methodology as well 
I think there are a lot of people that do that. You know, people read reviews, people, you know, read the Times reviews, um, look on look on Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic and IMDb to get a gauge of what a film is going to provide them, how and in, in, how invested they should be in this idea, in this property. And you know, I know a lot of people. Uh, you know, I would point to my grandparents. Generally, will avoid films that have bad reviews and that makes sense why would you want to go sit in a theater for two hours to watch a movie that you suspect you're not going to like and even more so if you've seen trailers for it if you've seen promotional material regarding that film and you recognize that it's not the style that you generally appreciate it's uh you know it's a raunchy comedy and you generally prefer this that or the other thing you know if you like dramas and this is a thriller, if you like horror movies, and this is an animated musical, then you know exactly where you're going to stand on a lot of films that come out for you. And so each person's quality is going to be a little bit different. But at the end of the day, you know, I would say that more moviegoers uh, lean on the quality side of the the the... Uh, the the scale than the quantity side of the scale you know i think it is a lot more common for someone uh, for a friend to approach you and say something along the lines of man i just watched this great movie you gotta check it out as opposed to man i have watched a hundred movies this week what have you been doing you know like that you don't get that as often at all like i that's insane. Uh, you know, I don't think I've ever hit a hundred movies in a week. I think I've topped out in like the low eighties and that's with a hefty, hefty amount of short films. You know, I, you know, feature length films be damned. Like I can get those numbers with short films, but not, not, not anywhere, not anywhere else. So, Today's episode is kind of going to be what the benefits, pros, cons are about these two different ideologies because I've experienced both of them. I've suffered because of both of them. And, uh, you know, I think I've slowly kind of worked myself toward some sort of harmony between the two. And the reason that today's episode isn't a review episode, isn't a statistics episode or something along those lines is because I have no internet right now. So I'm not even sure. Well, I guess I, I will for sure be able to upload this episode uh, if, if nothing changes. But as of right now, I can't like go on IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes or Wikipedia to like look things up. I can't get on Letterboxd. I can't accurately like fill in my spreadsheet with the movies that i've seen today since about 1 at 1 p.m uh we had some sort of a power outage and then the internet stopped working and i've spent maybe six hours trying to fix it and it keeps giving me the same damn error message and so i think what's going to end up ultimately happening is we're gonna have to get some tech guy to come out here because i i i can't fix it i've done Pretty much everything I've found people telling you to do, given the circumstances. So, hands up. Uh, could be without internet till Sunday. I think. I think Sunday. So, so today's episode is going to be a little bit more aloof, a little bit less structured, uh, as structured as my episodes generally are, and far more focused on just uh talking doing the thing saying words that sort of a thing so let's uh let's jump into this shall we first i'm going to kind of go through my experience with the two things the two sides and uh we're going to start with quality because that was the first one first issue that i really took note of when i was little when I was uh, in, in grade school, when I was learning what swear words meant and understanding the difference between women and men and 
all genders other uh, outstanding. I was I was I was drawn toward Adam Sandler, and I think I've mentioned this and brought this up in the past. I was a big fan of Adam Sandler. I liked raunchy comedies. I liked stupid shit, uh, and I I liked them because. I think probably because of the taboo. I think, you know, I'm 11 years old. These are movies that aren't really meant for my eyes or ears. And yet I was watching them. And that was exciting. And Adam Sandler was the funniest guy in the world. And, you know, Mr. Deeds and Happy Gilmore were my Bibles at that age. You know, I would, you know, I can still in my head remember when... You know, because I had recorded Happy Gilmore off of TV, so the first time I'd seen it was the censored version. But I could, re- I can remember now exactly where they placed the commercial breaks throughout that movie. And then, when I finally got an actual copy of the DVD and was opened up to, or not DVD, the VHS tape. It was still VHS then. When I finally got an actual copy of the VHS. You know, I burned through that thing. I would watch it again and again and again and again. Uh, you know, I would watch The Waterboy. Uh, I, I watched Big Daddy. Uh, you know, there was nothing that he could do that I didn't love. And at the time, I didn't realize or, or think about the quality of his movies. As far as I was concerned, they were entertaining. They were enjoyable. And that's all that mattered. And at the, at the end of the day, that really is all that matters. If you like the things you're watching, who gives a fuck what some review person at the New York Times tells you about a movie? You know, if you love, 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 love the Transformers movies, fucking watch them. You know, I don't care. Just because I think they're all shit doesn't mean that you should stop watching these movies that you love. I think that's stupid to try to impose yourself on another film goer like that. It's it's not it's not okay. It's not right. And so for me, it was Adam Sandler. I love I loved Adam Sandler. I still like Adam Sandler. I want the best for him. And unfortunately, I just I don't think we've seen it in a long time. You know, funny people came out a lot of years ago and Rain Over Me uh, was a couple years before that and Punch Drunk Love feels like before feels like it came out before I was born really uh, I know it wasn't but it feels like it's been that long since he's done some really high quality work and I think my first true like exposure to high quality films was probably Disney and Pixar. Uh, you know, I've talked about The Lion King and I've talked about Mulan and and you know I just went and saw Beauty and the Beast and I didn't realize that how high high of quality these films were at the time, but I really liked them. I got really into the songs. I could quote lines of dialogue from the movies. I watch those all the time. I wanted to go see those movies in the theater. I remember going to see Finding Nemo opening night uh, when I was, I think, 12 years old. And that movie just astonished me. That was an experience that I, I was not prepared for. I knew nothing about. And it completely overwhelmed me in every single possible way. And even then, even at that time, I was 12 years old, I still didn't fully comprehend just how good of a movie Finding Nemo was, but I just knew that I liked it. I liked Finding Nemo, and I liked uh, Little Nicky. And as far as, you know, I would watch them back to back, or, you know, I would watch them one day after the next, and they were essentially interchangeable in that way. And, you know, thinking about that now, in hindsight, is preposterous to me. You know, I I clearly can distinguish between, you know, Finding Nemo, which I've rated uh, 96 on my spreadsheet, 
you know, and, and Little Nicky, which I rated at 38. It's a 58-point difference between these movies. And these are films that I watched incessantly as a kid. You know, I think of movies like Home Alone 3. Not one or two. Three was my Home Alone. Or, you know, looking at some of these other movies that I watched a lot. Uh, The Mighty Ducks 2. Loved it. Scamper the Penguin. Probably don't even remember what that movie was. It came out before I was born. I've seen it over 30 times. Uh, So there's just, there's, there's this disconnect you have when you're younger between yourself and movies or TV shows or programs or whatever you spend your time watching, video games, uh, this, that, and the other thing, and the quality therein. You don't really focus on how quote-unquote good a thing is when you're that young, generally speaking. I'm sure there are exceptions, but generally speaking, you don't focus on that. And so it isn't until you reach a certain age, and I think for me that age was, I think maybe ninth, probably 10th grade thereabouts, so about 15 years old is when I started to recognize that the affection and desire I had to watch Adam Sandler movies was something that primarily belonged to my preteen self. And when I was 15, movies like Catch Me If You Can became incredibly interesting to me. Uh, Movies like Minority Report. Uh, Movies like... Man, I don't know. It's tough to... I'm trying to think about what I watched at the time. Let me see if I can find some things here. Uh, movies like uh, Breaking Away, I, I loved, or or Shakespeare in Love. You know, I really enjoyed that movie, and I saw it when I was fifteen. Uh, you know, I, I think Stranger Than Fiction, The Aviator, Spider Man, uh, King Kong. Uh, these are films that I watched over ten years ago. And I recognized them, and I was drawn to them for something, some element of quality in them, not just their, uh, you know, not just their their appeal, not just their aesthetic, not just the colors and the people in them, you know. And Matchstick Men, man, I fucking loved Matchstick Men, and Bend It Like Beckham, and The Whale Rider, like fucking The Whale Rider. Uh, you know, or, or or Groundhog Day was hu- widely appealing. I like Field of Dreams. You know, I got I really enjoyed Girl Interrupted when I was sixteen for some reason. And you know, I'm looking through my spreadsheet and I'm noticing this pattern of sort of the ratio of films from good ones to bad ones and. You know, the further the years got into 2007, a lot of good films I watched in 2007. 2008, even more good films that I saw in 2008. Pan's Labyrinth, Slumdog Millionaire, The Devil Wears Prada, No Country for Old Men, Young Frankenstein, Casino Royale, Enchanted, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Red Eye, The Born Identity, The Great Debaters. Uh, That's... You know, these are movies, Dan in real life, Roxanne. I just, I I became, I saw this shift happening and I embraced it wholeheartedly. And man, 2010, you, I, I just like, here, here's a sampling of 2010. 2010 gets crazy because 2010, I was in college and in 2010, I was, that's when the thing started. That's when the movies began. I started to watch a lot of movies. And in the year of 2010, 
of the films that I haven't seen since then that I watched that year, their average film rating is just shy of a 67 from me across the whole thing. So there's about 150 movies there, almost an average of 67. That's pretty high. So two thirds of the way there. On the other hand, the average rating I've given every film I've seen to date is just shy of 58. So the year of 2010, the average film rating was nine points higher than the average film rating overall. And this year included things like Exit Through the Gift Shop, The Town, The Social Network, There Will Be Blood, The Sting, Children of Men, Searching for Bobby Fisher, Seven, Excuse me, Zombieland, Remember the Titans, 500 Days of Summer, Brokeback Mountain, Avatar, The Prestige, War Games, The Squid and the Whale, Requiem for a Dream, Blazing Saddles, The Big Lebowski, Edward Scissorhands, Brick, Hot Fuzz, Inside Man, Whip It, 10 Things I Hate About You, The Breakfast Club, Leap of Faith, Pineapple Express, Adventureland, The Matrix, uh, uh, Collateral, Friday Night Lights, I Am Legend, Jumanji, Raging Bull, The Mechanist, Tron, Office Space, uh, I, I Red, Idiocracy, Miracle, um, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, The First Star Trek Reboot, The Road, The Italian Job, uh, uh, the, the, the Book of Eli, Funny People, uh, Prefontaine, there's just there was just such a high level of of quality that year, and you know I'm skipping all the animated movies. I'm skipping you know or, or King of the King of Kong, Fistful of Quarters. I watched so many Disney movies that year because I wanted to revisit these movies that I loved and that I thought were incredible. You know that was the year I saw Wall-E for the first time, and Exit Through the Gift Shop. You know, these are films that are still, there's like 20 of those films are still in my top 100 uh, and even more in my top 250. And it's kind of a lot to take in. And, you know, I was basically only using Rotten Tomatoes at that time. I was pretty much going to a year, sorting by tomato meter, downloading that movie, watching it. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, watching it. 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, watching it. Children of Men got a 93, watching it. The Sting got a 91, watching it. 96 for Wally, watching it. You know, like that's that's all that mattered to me. That's all I cared about. And it you know, it became that much more difficult to break the trend because for me what ultimately ended up happening was you know early in 2011 i started i would i watched memento the usual suspects runaway jury blue valentine uh let's see here we got uh Vera Drake, The King's Speech, The Fighter, Everybody's... Uh, that's a bad one. Never mind. Um, Animal Kingdom, The Princess Bride. For the first time, I was 20 when I saw Princess Bride for the first time. No, I was 19. 19. Uh, like, an Iranian film called Turtles Can Fly I really enjoyed. Uh... Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I watched all these movies and it oversaturated me in quality. You know, I, I spent so long in the doldrums of quality watching Adam Sandler movies and, you know, now I look back and I just kick myself because, man, if instead of watching, uh, like, let me guess, let me see, Waterboy... Instead of watching The Waterboy a dozen times, if I'd only watched it twice and watched 10 other movies, like, I, I just, I can't even fathom how much further along in my quest to see everything I could be. 
you know, I missed out on so many years. I, I missed out on so many movies that I could have, man, it's, it's depressing. It's absolutely depressing to me when I think about that. And so sometime in 2011, I, I said, fuck quality. Because that was about the time where I really started to work on the spreadsheet. I was starting to rank actors and directors and writers. I was starting to pay more attention to the films themselves. I was starting to learn about, you know, sound mixing and sound editing, cinematography. Uh, you know, why does, why does this one director make a lot of movies that I like and this one director make a lot of movies that I don't like? You know, what are these techniques that are different and... You know, what are these actor tics and, and traits and habits that I've grown accustomed to that I probably shouldn't have grown accustomed to? Uh, you know, the, the who are these, you know, I'm, I'm learning the difference between caricatures and method acting. I'm becoming self-aware of the films around me in a far greater way than I had ever really considered before then. And part of that is just the overwhelming amount of great films I saw during that period of time. Part of it is the people I was watching them with. You know, my, my college friends, uh, they, they showed me these new movies. They showed me movies like Fight Club. They showed me movies like uh, 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 Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And they showed me movies like There Will Be Blood. And they were just powerful movies for me to see because up for the most part you know I'd only seen movies that are like make a fart joke and the audience laughs and that can be nice and that can be humorous and funny but like I really hadn't gotten too deep into drama into thriller uh, into into like deep dark psychological fuckery like Requiem for a Dream, that would not have been, I would have hated that movie if I'd seen it before I'd gone to college. I would have hated it completely because, you know, that wasn't a movie, that wasn't the kind of movie that entertains you. That's the kind of movie that makes you think, that makes you dive into yourself and try to understand the psyche from a point of view that you probably haven't ever been in. And so I had gotten to this point then where I was so focused on quality. I was so dead set on only watching as many good movies as possible that for me, they all started to blend together. They were all just wrapping around themselves, you know, the King Speech and Social Network, I could distinguish the two, and I knew I liked Social Network more, but, you know, you watch all these movies back to back to back to back, and they're all so high quality, and they're all so well made, and they have such great acting in them, and you just can't get past the fact that, you know, there's enough good movies out there to probably only watch good movies for your entire life. And it's kind of like when you eat really flavorful food. Uh, you know, you they each each new each new meal, each new dish leaves this lingering aftertaste in your mouth. And and not necessarily a bad thing, but doesn't let go of you and then you eat the next thing and that aftertaste is still there it's mingling with this new thing you're eating which is just as strong a flavor and now when that's finished you've got this new sort of concoction of of aftertaste in your mouth and you eat another amazing dish but it's tainted because of how much of a lingering aftertaste you have in your mouth and then you eat another amazing dish, and it's even further tainted, and another one, another one, another one, and so on, and so on, and so on down the line. And I got to this point where I had to have some sort of palate cleanser. I needed awful, shitty, trash movies 
to separate these great films from themselves. I needed to make sure that I wasn't just letting everything run together and morph into sort of this high quality fusion of a ball of film. And so, you know, looking at kind of 2011 and, and sort of the, the peak of that, it wasn't until maybe, man, it was, man, just this whole, there's a streak here in June of 2012 that includes like Jeff who lives at home, Let the Bullets Fly, Signs, Tomboy, The Messenger, Mind Game, 50 Dead Men Walking, My Summer of Love, Up in the Air, Ed Wood, Coriolanus, Love Actually, Tyrannosaur, Scarface, Spider, Quiz Show, In Bruges, Moonrise Kingdom, Eight Mile, Half Nelson, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, From Dusk Till Dawn, Snatch, Duck Soup, This Is Spinal Tap, In the Loop, Network, Lost in Translation. And like for this stretch of time, average film rating is 86 80 fucking 6 over the course of two weeks there's the lowest rated movie is niagara niagara which was rated 71 and the only reason i watched that was because it was on tv at my aunt's house while i was there it's the only reason and that's just that's as amazing as that sounds as amazing as you think it might be to watch a movie every day, just even if it's just one, let's say you just watch one movie a day for a whole year, and every single movie becomes a new movie in your top 100. So that by the time you get to the end of the year, 250 of those movies that came, that were incredible, that entered your top 100 movies of all time, aren't there anymore because they got pushed out by something else you saw that year. And you haven't had the time to digest them. You haven't had the time to ruminate on them and, and, and just let them wash through you. And that's when I went to the beach in 2012, the early July. Because I watched Lost in Translation July 2nd. July 3rd, I watched uh, four movies. I probably started out watching Bass Ackwards. Uh, which I thought was pretty good. I watched, uh, I went to the movies, I went to the theater and saw Ted, which I liked. It was kind of that raunchy, harkened back to like raunchy comedy, but it's a little smarter than that. It was kind of an interesting premise. I also watched Lake Placid's 2 and 3. And motherfucking shit, those movies are terrible. Uh, the last movie awful movie I'd seen prior to then was a movie called 51 of from October of 2011 so like 10 months prior seven nine months prior it had been since I'd seen a movie that bad and my I remember my cousin ha, was telling me you know he was like yeah love these movies watch them all the time and I was just like what why why would you want to watch a movie this bad and then I watched them and then I watched another one I hadn't even seen the first Lake Placid didn't matter didn't need to the next day or two days later July 5th I watched Mega Piranha a mutant strain of piranha travels from the Amazon to Florida gave it a four also that day I watched Mega Python versus Gatoroid Giant pythons threaten the gator population. Gave that a two. Oh my. I That was jaw-dropping. That was so mind-boggling for me. I was completely out of my element. What was the point of watching these shitty movies? There aren't even recognizable actors in them. And yet, something about it was impressive something about it struck me and while i did sort of try to go back to watching a lot of good movies after that point it eventually you know i ended july pretty much the same way august pretty much all good movies uh and then september the same uh, and then October, November, December, 
is when it happened. So October, November, my, my quantity of films viewed uh, dropped drastically. So I was back in college at that point. Uh, I didn't have as much time. And so I did see some movies, but not a lot. And so because I wasn't seeing as many movies, I tried to keep them as good as possible. Then went on a big bender in December. And then I watched Gothica. Gothica is, if I'm not mistaken, Robert Downey Jr. and Halle Berry, uh, I think. And I remember I had a Tumblr at the time. I was making GIFs from every movie I watched and putting them on Tumblr. And someone on Tumblr had messaged me and said, hey, you should watch Gothica. And I said, all right, sure. And I watched it. It's really bad. And so I just kind of embraced that. And I tried to get back into just watching good movies. You know, there was Pitch Perfect came out then. Kung Fu Panda 2. The Trip. Young Adult. I watched The Talented Mr. Ripley. And then I watched Valentine's Day. Chernobyl Diaries. Wrath of the Titans. Red Tails, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, Snow White and the Huntsman, John Carter, Battleship. You, you getting me here? Expendables 2. Man, I was I was changed. And then you know, I went back to college after winter break and I kind of eased myself back into it. I watched primarily good movies for a month or two while I was in school. Then I watched Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. You know, what the fuck? I watched a movie called Officer Down. Terrible. Absolutely awful. And so, by the time fall of 20... Well, let's see, not fall. Let's see. Where does the pattern really kick in? I'd say the pattern really kicks in December of 2013. You know, I would interject a, a bad movie here and there, but uh, there were a lot of, you know, I, I think there was still that sense in me that I felt like I'm so far behind. There are so many incredible movies I haven't seen. I've got to catch up. And so, you know, for me, I started watching movies in December of 2013, and they started to get pretty bad. The Lone ranger no thank you arthur newman red dawn upside down the one failure to launch huh remember that one man jeez oh man some bad short films here a little bit of heaven six out of a hundred trespass and main street four out of a hundred dark journey 33 Movie 43, 10 out of 100. When You Love Someone, 14 out of 100. Paranoia, 6 out of 100. Um, Sleeping Dictionary, Anaconda, Adore the Big Bounce, all in the teens. Breakfast of Champions, 7 out of 100. The Burning Plane, 15 out of 100. And I just, it just kept, you know, you start to see this pattern. There were days where I wouldn't watch a single movie rated above a 50. Uh, it just, it just, it just started to happen. I couldn't stop it. And part of it was that recognizable, uh, good movies weren't as prevalent. I'd watched so many. And so recognizable bad movies, uh, The Four Feathers, thanks for sharing. Pause. Uh, the Order, Jiminy Glick in La La Wood, The Twilight Movies, Getaway, Casanova, We're the Millers, Lords of Dogtown, The Smurfs, The Smurfs 2, Fast and the some of the early Fast and Furious movies, uh, Percy Jackson, Sea of Monsters. I, it was like a bender, right? Like I. I kind of steered too far in the other direction. I'll admit that. And I was so eager to watch all these bad movies because I think that for me, 
it became less about quality in, in right around 2014. And it became about quantity. Because up until 2013, the highest amount of movies I'd seen in a year was about a little over 400, which is a lot. And most people don't hit that number, to be, to be fair. You know, that's still a lot of movies. And I think a lot of people listening might say that that's, that's a lot. That's quantity. That's not quality. That's quantity. But then you look at 2014, and I, that was my year off from, from college, the year I didn't go to work. I took a, took, a, took a break year, a gap year, as it were, and I watched 894 movies in 2014. I watched a ton of movies, almost three a day on average. And that year, let's see how fast I can come up with this statistic. It started out with Paranoia, which I rated as six. And as, oh man, I went way too far. All right, here we go, here we go. And so the average film rating for all the movies that I saw in 2014 was less than 50. So eight points less than my current average film rating year to date, and about 18 points less than my average film rating from, what year was it, 2010, I think? And so, uh, you know, like things changed drastically. I wasn't so concerned with watching good movies anymore. I was concerned with watching everything because part of me felt like, yeah, you watch a movie like Foxcatcher or you watch a movie like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner and that's important. That movie means something. That movie has pedigree. It has prestige. It has Oscar nominations. Ooh, Oscar nominations. But then what's wrong with a movie like I Don't Know How She Does It or View from the Top? You know, those movies were also made. They had a team of people working on them. Those people probably had aspirations. Some of them thought, hey, what if, what if we got into the Oscars this year? Because they don't know. They're not watching the finished product while they're making it. You know, they're working on the costumes. They're filming the scenes. They're acting in the scenes. And it became clear to me that even these shit movies, you know, 2014's Annie, 21 and Over, uh, the, the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles remake, just because these movies are bad slash awful doesn't mean they're not valuable they have they're they're not you know they're not the most valuable movies they're not you know i would never say that you should if you have to choose between teenage mutant ninja turtles and uh i don't know let's say funny face watch funny face it's a better movie but under certain circumstances I probably would recommend Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because you're not always in the mood to watch Funny Face. You're not always paying 100% attention to the movie that's on. You're not always thinking, you know, I wonder if, I don't know, I, I, you know, I wonder what it's like to be a Parisian fashion model. Because sometimes you just want to say, what if some, what if four fucking turtles could do fucking karate? How cool would that be? And a rat. And a rat. They live in the sewer. They like pizza. Show it to me. That's Sometimes that's what it is. That's all it is on occasion. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Like I said at the top of this, if you love Transformers, watch Transformers. Because there's nothing wrong with that, with loving Transformers. And, you know, three years ago, I developed a love for bad movies. And so since then, the, the average film rating of movies I've seen has dropped drastically. It used to be higher 
than the average Rotten Tomato score of everything I've seen, and it is now significantly lower. Uh, actors who used to be at the top of the list, at the top of the charts, have had a tough go of it because I'm not just going to avoid your bad movies anymore. You know? Like, I'm sorry, Helena Bottom Carter. I absolutely love you so much, but I do have to watch everything. And you're going to be held accountable for the shitty movies you've been in. Like, Fight Club's amazing. I get it. Corpus Bride? Amazing. King's Speech? You were fantastic. Howard's End? The Harry Potter movies? Le Mis? Sweeney Todd? I'm in. Like, I get it. Like, you don't have to sell me on you. You're amazing. But that doesn't excuse The Lone Ranger or, 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 or Great Expectations. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, Alice Through the Looking Glass, Dark Shadows, Terminator Salvation. I, I can't just pretend that those don't exist. I gotta watch them. And so in 2014, I said, fuck quality. Let's watch quantity. And in 2014, when I watched 894 movies that year, kind of burned myself out i went too far too fast and it 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 really didn't sit well with me and so in 2015 i eased back quite a bit i i tempered myself a lot more uh and and ultimately only watched 355 movies in in 2015 you know, I was kind of working on pace to watch maybe two a day, sometimes not even, maybe only one. Uh, and then sometime in the fall, I, I got into a relationship and stopped watching movies for two months. Because at the time, I thought, you know, look, I care about this other person and I want to have them in my life. And something has got to fall by the wayside. That's the way I looked at it. And for about a little over two months, I think I watched two movies total. And then if you look past, you know, I watched two movies between August and December. And then mid-December, starting with A Very Merry Christmas, which I watched at home, I watched... Uh, I came back from from home to Pittsburgh, binged all six uh, Star Wars episode movies from Phantom Menace to Return of the Jedi in preparation for uh, uh, Force Awakens. And from then on, and you know, to the end of December, I crushed through uh, another 30 movies in the span of about 15 days. So I watched about two a day till the end of December. And at that point, you know, I said, look, I, I get that movies take up a lot of time in my life and nothing beats a great movie. And the only thing better, I think, than watching a great movie is sharing that experience with somebody else. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're watching the movie with you, but it can. But it can also just mean that you connect with someone else who also loves a movie as much as you do. When you find another person that shit their pants watching Mad Max Fury Road, or someone who can also quote the entire Nightmare Before Christmas film, that's a special moment that's a that's a deep and heartfelt connection that you know you just don't find every day when there's a when there's when that obscure movie crops up on somebody else's watch list or reviewed list on letterboxd and they loved it just as much as you did when somebody else you know deigns to bring up a movie that's generally disliked but you secretly love and they like it too like that's that's a magical feeling 
you know, you don't feel that very often. And you got to take those moments when you can. Because there are so many movies out there that aren't popular, that aren't loved. And if you can share that the love of one of those movies with someone else, then that's that's a really important and meaningful exchange. You know, for me, you know, some of the movies that I particularly love that I think a lot of people don't necessarily think about when they look at some of the best movies ever. Um, I look to, I look at movies like A Separation, Sita Sings the Blues, Cat Baloo, um, and Everything is Going Fine, 1114, Microcosmos, The Hedgehog in the Mist, and it's these movies that you know that most you know there's there's some movies that you watch and you're like everybody loves this movie you love this movie and that's great and that you know Casablanca Lawrence of Arabia The Godfather like these are big movies that a lot of people like that a lot of people think are incredible that they put on their top 10 list their top 100 list and you look at them and you're like yeah they're fucking amazing but then you watch something like let's say Amores Peros in a foreign film that came out in 2000. I gave it a 97. For me, and now this is a movie that's on IMDb's top 250, so grain of salt, but you know, for me, I watched that and I was like, shit, man, I've never heard anyone talk about this movie in my life. And now, even now, I've maybe heard it come up in conversation from other people introducing it to conversation less than five times in my life. And so, you know, I, I talk about the Cinerealists a lot. And, you know, they were a big reason for why I got into this podcast in the first place. And they've been a great source of sort of outlet for me as a film lover. And so listening to Zach say that Amoris Peros is his 105th all-time favorite film, like, I've, I've never met the guy in person. I've never had a verbal conversation with him. And yet, just just hearing him say that was like, you know, was like connecting to him on a level I hadn't connected to somebody else before. There's a dog. I don't know how, much, how well you can hear that. So, you know, movies like that, movies like, like Upstream Color, another movie I think is great that you know most a lot of people don't really talk about. Or I don't know, man, a movie like mm, I'm trying to look here through a movie like Attack the Block. James has Attack the Block ranked 147th on his all-time top two two hundred, and. I've heard more people talk about Attack the Block than Amores Peros, but not a ton of people. I fucking love that movie, man. I, I It's incredible. And so just, just seeing other people react to a movie the way you've reacted to a movie is amazing. And I think that it's a lot easier to reach those situations to get to that point when you allow yourself the opportunity to breathe. And by that, I mean, you're not shoving your face full of movies 24-7. Now, it may seem hypocritical coming for me to say that, I admit. But, you know, I have this podcast, which breaks up my movie watching. I have a relationship, which breaks up my movie watching. You know, I spend a lot of time cooking food for myself, which breaks up movie watching. I listen to a ton of podcasts, which are difficult to do when you're watching movies. So I have a lot of other ways that I occupy my time to give myself a little bit more breathing room than I sometimes not sometimes want. And 
I think that when you ease back just a little, I think you, you, I think a lot of people, they're like, I want to watch X number of movies a day or a week or a month. I think try that, but I think that's going to be too many. I think scale it back a little, give yourself a little more breathing room and don't focus on too many, on one thing. You know, it's, it's nice to say, I'm going to watch all the IMDb top 250. That's great. But I wouldn't recommend just watching them in a row. You know, throw in a Lake Placid. You know, throw in a Sharknado here or there. Go out to the movies and watch American Assassin. Because sometimes you do need to dull your brain. It, it is that important. I think. And so for me, I've gotten to this point. So like I mentioned, this year to date, I've seen roughly 711 films. And that's a high number. I'm on pace to hit a thousand by the by New Year's Eve. And I'm okay with that. Uh, That'll be tied with my quantity last year. But the difference is that this year, this entire year, I've had a podcast. I haven't been able to focus on one thing. You know, I'm constantly watching different movies for scavenger hunts. I'm watching movies uh, to kind of flesh out the top 10 monthly actors lists that I put out. I'm going to the movies incredibly frequently, seeing everything from, you know... The Big Sick, War for the Planet of the Apes, Dunkirk, uh, to shitty shit like The Nut Job 2, or uh, Home Again, uh, or Tulip Fever. And then you've got all the movies that I watched in the meantime. You know, I'm trying to finish watching all the Cinerealist Top 200 movies. I'm trying to watch Oscar-nominated movies. I'm trying to watch uh, 2017 movies. I'm trying to watch 1924 movies. And I'm not the kind of, you know, I, as much as it, as great as it would be to just say, all right, I'm only going to watch Oscar Best Picture-nominated movies for the next month. As interesting as that might be, I would fucking hate that in like a week because I'm going to look at the next movie on the list you know, I'll be like, all right, what's next? How green was my valley? Can't I just fucking watch Transformers? Because uh, you might laugh. You might laugh because you're probably laughing because I, I get it. You don't want to watch, you know, the last night Transformers the last night. You just, you know, because why would you? But. I think you need to. I think you've got to find that harmony. And I think it's different for each person. This is kind of just for me. But this is kind of me taking my own personal insights, my own personal experiences, and saying, look, I tried it one way. I tried it a second way. And neither way was really the best way for me. And so ultimately what I ended up coming to the realization that is... I need to watch more movies than the average person. More movies than the average, like, movie cinephile, even, I would guess. And I need to watch movies that are really good. I need to watch movies that are really bad. I need to watch movies that are just average. I need to watch movies that are in a different language. I need to watch movies that are documentaries. I need to watch a lot of short films. I need to watch animated movies. You know, I need to talk about these movies and listen to people talk about these movies. I need to get all movies out of my head for a few hours too. And for the so for me, what ultimately works the best for me is being able to not focus on any one particular thing. I'm not focused on watching every single movie I possibly can. Cuz you know, I spent all morning today watching BoJack Horseman. You know, I just finished watching Stranger Things yesterday. And those are those things are important because they're also fun. 
they're also nice. I got to go out more. You know, I got to breathe fresh air. Growing mint plants on my fucking kitchen windowsill. And I... I don't know. That's quality versus quantity. You got to find both. Because one without the other doesn't amount to, you know, a solid whole. You're going to miss some piece of the pie. And so I guess what I'm going to end this with, which is just a little over an hour now, I guess what I'm going to end this with is I'm sure that the structure of this episode is really, really shitty. But I guess what I'm kind of getting at is... I went through a lot of different periods of, periods in my life related to movies. And there were times where I watched the same movie over and over again, where I refused to watch the same movie over and over again, where one kind of movie just meant so much more to me than another, and vice versa. But at the end of the day, if you love movies... And if you love the experience of sitting in a theater and eating popcorn, if you like, you know, winding down in bed, putting on whatever's on TBS at the moment, if it's Rat Race, you know, if it's Blade 2, if you love just throwing something on to occupy your mind for a few minutes, then I think your best bet is not to try to restrict yourself. Don't try to pigeonhole and focus yourself in one particular direction because you're probably just going to resent the fact that you did that at the end of the day. And for me, now, when I got to that point, it was very difficult for me to figure out how to adjust. You know, I, I needed... I didn't know what to watch next I because I kind of exhausted everything, which was why the scavenger hunts on Letterboxd were such a huge boon for me. And now, kind of taking their place a little bit is the monthly top 10 actors list because that gives me something new to kind of structure the movies I watch. And now I'll be watching, you know, a movies like... Jay and the Silent Bob and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back and Earthquake and Run Silent Run Deep and Green Zone because they have this actor or that actor in them, but the movies themselves have nothing to do with each other. And now, all that being said, I'm, I'm I promise, uh, Catherine and I are trying to finish the. Uh, July scavenger hunt, you know, it's what September. We're close. I promise we're close. We are going to get a scavenger hunt review episode for that month out at some point. But and at that after that, I'll see if I can really for um, afford to continue to do scavenger hunts at that point. Uh, it's going to be t questionable. But yeah, I, I think I don't know. I wish everyone could enjoy movies the way I did. You know, I wish everyone was, you know, squirming and squealing in their seat watching Beauty and the Beast for the seventh time and getting excited when they watch, you know, Belle reject Gaston or being scared when the Beast threatens to, to, to lock away Maurice. You know, I want everyone to share those feelings with me. And that's all I'm trying to do. I'm trying to spread what I enjoy about movies and spread what makes me happy to all you guys. And presumably if you're listening to this, then some of those things are, that make me happy make you happy too. And maybe not everything. I'd be astonished if every single thing that I liked about movies was something someone else liked, but... Sure, there's there's those people out that are out there, and uh, that's 
I don't know. That's kind of all I'm. I can say on it on the matter. Is don't get too caught up in trying to watch every single thing. It'll happen. If you love movies that much, you're gonna get to that. Get there. It's it's just inevitability at this point. So. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. <laughs> uh, if you have any comments or concerns or questions or answers, you can send those to circleoffilm at gmail.com. If you want to check out the hard facts, the statistics, the episodes, the data, you can head over to circleoffilm.com for all of that and more. And if you want to support the show in any way, shape, or form, check out patreon.com slash circleoffilm to see what kind of options you have. And, as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same night. I know she'll never leave me Even as she fades from view So long, farewell, I'll be the same Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.